Welcome to PR Say, the podcast of the Houston chapter of the Public Relations Society of America. On PR Say, we spotlight our talented members and get to know each other a little better. If you are a PRSA Houston chapter member and don't get a chance to network as much as you'd like or are unable to attend our in-person events, here's your chance to connect with your fellow members. and was in New York uh, working in the book publishing business, uh, actually as a literary agent, still still an editorial role in many ways. Um, and then I moved to Los Angeles and, and was uh, eventually the editor of the Los Angeles Business Journal. Uh, I, joined, um, I joined the Chronicle in 2019 uh, after a short stint doing communications for uh, Cedars-Sinai Hospital, a big hospital system in, yeah. in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then um, when the pandemic hit and things got weird for everybody, I, I was actually back in L.A. for about a year at CoStar News as their West Coast editor. Uh, it's a commercial real estate um, news website and data site. And, uh, and in December, I came back to, to, uh, to Houston to, to take over the business desk at the Chronicle. Oh, that's so exciting. And so you have seen all of the both sides of it. You know what works and what plays on both sides, so you've got that unique perspective. Um, so give us some insight. You know, for those of us who are constantly trying to <clears throat> curate stories and then pitch them, we've got some struggles and questions that we always work through uh, when working with your folks. You're, but then when we do get that um, interest from somebody, there's always some follow some follow-up and things that have to happen. So I'm real interested in your perspective based on all of your experience. Well, you know, it's while there are differences between the editorial side and the PR side, I mean, I, I, I think the one common thread is something that I talk to my folks about, and that's just be prepared and know what you're going into before you, you know, pick up the phone and send the email. Um, you know, knowing, knowing your audience is very important. Uh, knowing what the reporters you're reaching out to, the news organization you're reaching out to does and what its constituency is, is going to be remarkably helpful. So, you know, you know p- pitching me a story about something that's happening in, in um, Poughkeepsie, New York, isn't really going to get you anywhere. And, you know, you laugh, but you'd be surprised how often we get stories about, oh, this is happening in California. You know, wouldn't you like to write about that? No, I, I serve a Houston audience. Um, so, 
So there's that. And, and, you know, our business desk, when I got here in 2019, it was a bit larger than it is now. Um, mm -hmm. So we've, we've had some consolidation, some downsizing. Um, and there's some things that we just don't cover the way we used to. Um, and there's some things that we still focus on And, and so whether it's us or Bloomberg or Reuters or the Wall Street Journal or the San Antonio Express News, knowing what they cover and who their audience is is really important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Makes your pitches far more effective. Yes, absolutely. And what do you think is the biggest mistake PR professionals make when we're pitching? Um, once we've decided we've got the right uh, you know, the right desk and the right publication. Once, once we get past that hurdle, what do you think is the biggest mistake that we are making? I mean, assuming that you've found the right person and have, have the good pitch, um, really the worst thing that really is, is not being responsive once you've made that contact. A reporter expresses interest. Um, you know, not following up is a problem. And, and frankly, I guess the other close second would be a lack of candor. Um, mm. You know, reporters, just, you know, you have to kind of be careful what you ask for. If you ask, if you, if you pitch a story to a good reporter, they're going to press to find out as much detail about circumstances as they can. And, you know, some of those things your client may not want to discuss. And so, you know, the best thing really is just to be candid and say, look, that's that's outside the realm of what they want to talk about. Um, and, it, you know, it may or may not have an impact on on the story uh, or how the story gets done. But, you know, it, it's better than ghosting somebody or absolutely or not being truthful. So, yeah, no, I think that, I think that's probably the worst thing you could do. But I'm sure you've had you've had some stories in your past that you could tell us of bad, bad practices. <laughs> Probably, although I tend to, I, I want to focus on the positive. I mean, I, Absolutely. I, I can't give you a worst case, uh, although I'm sure if I really thought about it, I could come yeah. up with it. <laughs> no, of course. So for someone who's new to the Houston market or who is new to the profession, um, you know, most of us spent time as interns, you know, really learning um, the do's and don'ts. What are, what are some good pieces of advice that you would offer to, to someone, especially when we're talking about, um, garnering a reporter's interest or maybe, um, you know, for TV in particular, maybe a producer's interest or, you know, an assignment editor, what, what are some of the things we need to be thinking about as we are crafting? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, print and digital journalism are a little different than, than broadcast, uh, whether, whether visual or radio. And, and so again, it comes back to thinking about who you're, you know, who you're, who you're targeting. I mean, my assumption, I haven't worked in TV, but my assumption is that there should really be a visual component to, to, to your story. Uh, you know, that, and, and particularly when it's dynamic, you know, I, I'm really interested in visuals too, for our, you know, for both print and, and our web product. Um, right. Your digital. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, and we are starting to do some more video, but it's, it's, those are still images, but things need to be visually interesting as well as have some context and some reason uh, you're asking these reporters to, to follow up on them. So, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's definition of news may, may vary, but there's got to be something other than these people are interesting people. Right. So, you know, there's lots right. of interesting people. Mm -hmm. so. 
Yeah. And on the business desk, what what appeals to you in particular? So let's talk about, you know, your day to day from a business perspective. Um, if you, you know, are you more interested? Is, is, is it going to be a better connection with like oil and gas folks, healthcare folks versus nonprofits? What's your kind of sweet spot there? So the primary areas of focus for us are, are energy, oil and gas, uh, and, and energy transition now, um, and real estate. Those are, tend to be the two core, <clears throat> excuse me, the two core areas of coverage for us. Um, we've got a robust coverage of the retail market. Um, we're increasing our coverage of both our communities. We're making an effort to reach out into communities outside the loop here in Houston uh, that haven't necessarily been covered by by the media uh, the way they should be. And as, as well as uh, the wealthier uh, side of, uh, of, the, of the market. And, and in part, you know, the things that are of interest, I mean, first and foremost, good stories. I mean, if, if there is a strong narrative um, that has what any good narrative has, you know, tension, conflict with a little C um, and some kind of, you know, compelling nature characters in it. That's going to be great. Um, love transaction stories. Um, you know, uh, somebody's investing in someone else. There's a, there's a purchase that happens. Um, and, you know, our readers, you know, we're, we're paying really close. It's one of the interesting changes in, in print journals and particularly it used to be that business editors and other editors would decide what people wanted to read. Um, now we get a chance by looking at the data to see what people actually are interested in. And so mm -hmm. we can tell those stories. Um, Texas, you know, I, I am, as I mentioned, not a native Texan and I, I haven't been in Houston all that long. There is clearly um, an affection for uh, certain brands in Texas and in the Houston area. I mean, uh, you can never go wrong about uh, writing about a big supermarket chain that's based here or- That's um, right. <laughs> Uh, you know, not to play favorites, but it gets a lot of traffic. Um, and so, you know, if your clients are, you know, recognizable brands, obviously, you know, and they're doing, you know, something that's a transaction or a new initiative, um, those often get a lot of attention. Also, you know, data stories, particularly if, in my case, as they focus on Houston, um, the greater Houston area, and, and to some extent, Texas, you know, if there are, you know, reports your clients do that place Houston or Texas in a context, best places to retire, um, most disposable income spent on automobiles, um, those things generate a lot of interest for us too. And it's, you know, in many respects, it's sort of community service journalism. This is this is what your, your environment is like. Mm -hmm. So transactions, trends, uh, well-known brands, um, you know, and, and sort of things that serve communities. We're, we're focusing now a lot more on, you know, with our energy coverage in particular, um, there's a lot of competition in this market for, you know, earnings reports from ExxonMobil, for instance, mm -hmm. which Wall Street Journal and Bloomberg and Reuters are all going to write up. Um, so we're looking, we still cover those things, but we're still, we're looking more for energy transition, which is happening really here uh, to a great extent and and how these things affect people who work in the industry um, everything from you know 
how it affects work at a refinery to what it means for your electric bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so consumer focused journalism as well. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, well, those are really great. Those are great stories. I can hear um, a lot of wheels turning in some of our listeners' minds just thinking about, hmm, I've got a story I can pitch. <laughs> so Jonathan, how is um, how's the most effective way, do you think, to pitch currently to print journalists? Because I know back in the day, we would format these beautiful press releases. We would send them as a PDF, then we'd email them to you. And then, you know, before that we were faxing, but, but now oftentimes I'll talk to reporters and they're like, you know what, just send me a DM or just send me a text. And I didn't know if that was true for print today. You know, I, I, every reporter probably is a little bit different. And so it's worth cultivating a relationship with a reporter anyway, to find out what they like. Um, you know, it's interesting the way it's a combination of technology and pandemic. A lot of the desk phones are gone. So calling people probably doesn't work unless they give you their cell number. Um, right. And yeah. So I mean, for, from my experience, email is best because I can deal with it on my own time. And I'll confess sometimes not deal with it. Um, you know, I, I try to be, you know, I'll only speak for myself. I can't speak for the rest of my staff, but excuse me, I try to be courteous. I mean, if somebody is pitching the right thing, but just to the wrong place, or it's close, but just not right, I'll, I'll, I'll respond. I try to respond relatively quickly and say, I don't think this is right for us. If if they pitch me something that it's a story about Southern California and trends happening there, I, I, I will probably not respond to it just because mm-hmm. it's not not worth my time. But, yeah. um, you know, I guess my advice would be all you know start with an email because someone can deal with it on their own time <clears throat> and then if there's interest you develop a relationship and you know of, of you know a half dozen reporters some may want the dms some may want email some will give you their cell phone and say just call me um, so it, it's again it's part of being prepared and and knowing knowing your audience the way we need to know ours yeah that's so true well jonathan those are really great pieces of advice I so appreciate your time. How can people connect with you? How do you prefer um, they reach out? Should we just put your email address out there? Do you want people to reach out via LinkedIn? What do you think is going to be the best way to reach you? I'm sorry, you froze up for a second there. But yeah, email is probably best for me. Okay. Um, and uh, again, you know, Houston, anything of Houston, Houston, based in Houston, centered in Houston, um, I'd be interested in taking a look at Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us on, on PRSA. It's been a pleasure for Veronica. Have a great thank one. Thank you. All right. That wrap, wraps up this episode. Make sure you connect with Jonathan if it sounds like a good fit for you. Contact information will be in the show notes. If you are listening on the podcast, make sure you hit subscribe. We don't want you to miss any episodes of PRSA. And if you are watching on Facebook or YouTube, drop us some comments. And Jonathan and I will be sure to get back to you. Uh, because we want to connect and answer any questions that you might have. So with that, I will wrap up this episode and we will catch you next time.